Time to wake Time up. To wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government, while the people have borne the cost. You are tuned in to His Hard Line. Welcome to the number one show many have yet to discover. Our priorities of discussion are quite simple. We put God first. We talk about good health and how to fortify our families, followed by how we restore the republic so we can have a strong nation once again. So patriots, assemble. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the ones that are running this show. They are the host with the most. They're in the captain's chair. They're at the wheel, and they are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hard Line for episode 526. And today's show is going to be called Who is Running America? Part 1. Yes, there is going to be multiple parts to this. Okay, we're going to stick on this until I get through it. So I found a, um, a well, I already read it a couple different times, but it's exactly what it's called. It's called Who is Running America? It's about 40 pages long. Um, let me see here. It's uh, Yeah, it's about 40 pages long. Don't ask me how I came across this. I found it somehow on the national-assembly.net website. Um, so like I said, uh, I found it, I read it not once, but twice. And I was like, wow, I'm like, yeah, we, we, we need to, we definitely need to go over this because it, it just, it explains so much. I mean, it talks about, you know, the universe, uh, the, the uniform commercial code, um, you know, how basically, you know, it, it talks about like how the uniform commercial code pretty much replaced the United States constitution, um, just the bankers, the corporate United States, the new world order. Right. And, and it talks a little bit about the bankruptcy of America. I mean, it just, it gets into the weeds on a lot of stuff that, you know, pretty much explains like where we're at, why we need to assemble. 
it's just, it's just I, I think it's really worth the read. And like I said, it's about 40 or 41 pages. So we're going to start reading it. And then um, we're going to, you know, pause here and there. And we're going to, you know, discuss it as we, you know, go through the reading of it. Um, in case I didn't say the date, it is Thursday, April 27, 2023. Let me also get to my little disclaimer, as I always like to do. Um, again, remember, as I always state on this podcast, I'm not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a pastor, priest, deacon, or biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. I do not give out legal advice. I am also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own, unless I reference other material like I am about to hear. Okay? Okay. So, um... Not a whole lot that I'm going to play as far as audio pieces here, but this is very interesting. I don't want to glance over it. Um, here's something, though, that my wife did send earlier. Did you know it's National Infertility Awareness Week? Yeah. It's National Infertur uh, Infertility Awareness Week. And she says, and I agree with her wholeheartedly, she says it's stupid how that gets a week, but gays get a month for awareness when that's discussed all over the place but infertility is like a taboo topic absolutely it it, it 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 that's a good double standard right there in in clear display that is the biggest double standard that we will ever see i mean it's don't even get me started on that all right now this little short book was a very excellent read because again what we will what we will get into will it will further demonstrate the what do i want to say it will further demonstrate the urgency of getting and standing up and reassembling our assemblies now the little note in the book it does say this book was formatted by the Anti-Corruption Society to preserve the work and increase the ease of sharing this most valuable information. We have also added an excerpt page and endnotes as supporting documentation. Permission for redistribution was granted by the original author at barefootsworld.com. And this work is free online at www.anticorruptionsociety.com. Okay. So, who is running America? Nobody's really ever asked that question. And I'm sure many of you have asked that question. So, under the doctrine of parents portray, which means government as parent, as a result of the manipulated bankruptcy of the United States of America in 1930, all the assets of the American people their person and of our country itself are held by the depository trust corporation at 55 water street new york new york secured by the ucc commercial liens which are then monetized as debt money by the federal reserve huh now it may interest you to know that under the umbrella of the depository trust corporation lies the cede corporation 
the Federal Reserve Corporation, and of course, our favorite group of people, the American Bar Association, which is ultimately the legal arm of the banking, you know, interest and the Internal Revenue Service, which is the systems collection agency. Yeah. But now <clears throat> you know who's running America. The CEDE Corporation, the Federal Reserve Corporation, the American Bar Association, and the Internal Revenue Services. Again, the collective, you know, the collection agency. Now, you might want to take exception to the name on the marquee at the entrance of 55 Water Street because it'll say Tower of Power. Figure that one. Figure that one out. Yeah. Tower of Power. Interesting. Here's another thing to think about. Who owns the media and the news that you're fed? Yeah, guess who? Not an independent press. Nope. Did you ever hear of the Independent Treasury Act of 1920? Hmm. The Independent Treasury Act of 1920 suspended the de jure. Listen to this. The Independent Treasury Act of 1920 suspended the de jure, meaning by right of legal establishment, right? Treasury Department of the United States government. Now, our Congress turned the Treasury Department over to a private corporation. That's the Act of 1871, which, when seen in its true light, is a fascist mon mon uh, monopolistic cartel. The Federal Reserve and their agents. Now, the bulk of the ownership of the Federal Reserve system a very well-kept secret from the American people, might I add, is held by these banking interests. And none, none is held by the United States Treasury. Ha. Huh. You got the Rochelle Bank of London, the Rochelle Bank of Berlin, Warburg Bank of Hamburg, Warburg Bank of Amsterdam, the Lazard Brothers of Paris, Israel Moses Seif Banks of Italy. Chase Manhattan Bank of New York, hmm. Goldman Sachs of New York, Lehman Brothers of New York, Kuhn Lube or Leb Bank of New York. That's right. The Federal Reserve is at the root of most of our present statutory regulations, laws in the control and regulation of virtually all aspects of human activity in the United States through successively socialistic constructions laid upon. The Commerce Clause of the Constitution. What's that mean? Well, basically, the Federal Reserve is the state of the United States. That's what that means. The Federal Reserve is the state of the United States. That's what that means. Yeah, but Jason, how can that be? Well, let's, let's, let's continue reading. You see... Thomas Jefferson once said, I believe that banking institutions, and I quote, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. 
That's right. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, I went out today to buy some more silver. It's a hedge against a inevitably falling, failing, depreciating dollar that is really not really a true dollar. It's a debt instrument. It's a Federal Reserve note. It's crashing. That's why I, I go and buy more silver. It's a hedge against a falling dollar. So he continues to say the issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. That's a quote again by Thomas Jefferson. From the debate over the recharter of the bank bill in 1809. Now Jefferson's prophecy prophecy has come true. Now had this happen? Well, that is going to take a little bit of a while to explain, which is what we're going to get into within this reading on who is running America. Now, all law is private law. Now, again, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we're assembling our states. This is why it's so important to reassemble our assemblies. All our law is private law written by the National Law Institute. Law professors and the Bar Association and the agents of foreign banking interests, they have all come to do this, you know, they all have come to this position of writing the law by fraudulently deleting the titles of nobility and honor. You remember that, the original 13th Amendment, right, from the Constitution for the United States, creating an oligarchy of lawyers and bankers controlling all three branches of our government. Most of all, our law comes directly through the Hague or the UN. Yeah. Almost all UN treaties have been codified into the U.S. code. That's where all our education programs originate. The UN, the United Nations, controls our education system. Bet you didn't know that. The Federal Register Act was created by President Roosevelt in 1935. Title III, Section 301, established uh, and, and sequestered uh, by executive order. He gave himself the power to create federal agencies and appoint a head of the agency. He then redelegated his authority to make law, statutory regulations to those agency heads. There's one big problem there, though. The president has no constitutional authority in his enumerated powers to make law. Shoot, I'm pretty sure I was hearing Biden today earlier on a sound clip saying, oh, I did away with that law. Really? With what powers? Sorry, Mr. President, <coughs> fake president. You don't have a constitutional power to eliminate or make law. Don't know if you read your constitution. Pretty sure you don't have that power, buddy. That's right. And so under the Constitution, redelegation of delegated authority is a felony breach. Whoa, snap. Mm -hmm. And of course, it still continues to this day. Now, the president then gave the agencies the authority to tax. And we now have government by appointment running this country. 
This is the shadow government sometimes spoken about, right, or a.k.a. the deep state, but never referred to as government by appointment. And we had just heard some revelations on other shows like the SGT report. How uh, was it? Todd Callender had just discovered that the people that are in office, quote unquote, did not even have an appointment date set on their oaths of office. In fact, they didn't even take the oath. There's no it's not notarized. Where's their oath of office? Nobody in government has an oath of office. Why? Where is it? This type of government represents taxation without representation. That's basically what we got. And so perhaps this is why some people believe the Constitution was suspended but we got to remember, it was never suspended. It was buried in bureaucratic red tape. It's like Greg Greg makes a very good point here. He says, Jason, God and only God has been in control. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. He continues to say, unfortunately, man's evil and flawed hearts heart has not accepted God's guidance. And God has taken his hand off the church and the USA. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. That's a very, he makes a very valid point, and it's a true point. So now it's, an, it's a historical fact that with the Declaration of Independence to provide a united effort during and after the war for independence, the colonies as independent nations joined together under the Articles of Confederation and as independent sovereign states drew up constitutions which formed governments to serve the people of each former colony. And so then you got the Articles of Confederation after about a period of eight years were determined to have several flaws. Now, the Congress of Delegates called a convention in 1787 to correct the flaws. And so the convention, instead of modifying the Articles of Confederation as directed in secret sessions, took it upon themselves to write an entirely new constitution, which when ratified by the state conventions of the freemen of the individual states created the federal government to serve them in those areas where the states operating individually could not effectively serve. So in this new constitution, the people and the state delegated to the federal government certain responsibilities, reserving all rights not so enumerated to the states and the people in the 10th amendment to the constitution. But as a consequence, the responsibility of the state became one of protecting the people from tyranny of federal government to ensure that federal government did not reach beyond the bounds of the Constitution, which they do. This worked fairly effectively until 1933 when Roosevelt assumed office. And so the Conference of Chief Justices of the Conference of State Court Administrators, the National Associations of Attorney Generals, Secretaries of State, State Auditors, State Purchasing Officers, Lieutenant governors, state legislators, and governors of all 50 states comprise the membership of the Council of the State Governments, and the Council of State Governments is located at 676 North Street, Clare, Chicago, Illinois, 60611. Hmm. So the Council of State Governments has now been absorbed into the National Conference of Uniform State Laws run by the Bar Association. Don't you just love those guys? 
And so the movement for the uniform state laws date back more than a century. Now, the Alabama State Bar called for uniformity as early as 1881, but it was nearly a decade later at the 12th annual meeting of the ABA in 1889 that the legal community made its formal motion to work for uniformity in the then 44 state union. And so New York was the first state to move, appointing three commissioners in 1890. Other states soon heeded the call. Delaware, Georgia, Massachusetts, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania attended the first conference in Saratoga Springs, New York in 1892. And so the commissioners wasted no time. They urged adoption of three acts and proposed raising the marrying age to 18 for males and 16 for females. They also adopted a table of weights and measures, noting that with the exception of wheat, legal weights of bushel varied in all the states. So by the turn of the century, 33 states and two territories had appointed commissioners on uniform laws. In 1910, only Nevada and the territory of Alaska still had not. They came aboard in 1912. So we're going to stop there on this reading for part one on who is running America. Okay. Because again, I got a, uh, we got a state uh, assembly call at 730 here. And I was hoping we'd see Rietta because I particularly got this song for her and a few others. Nancy, I think you are another disco lover. There's a few of you guys that like disco, but I, I still hold firm. I will never play the cha-cha slide or the Cupid shuffle. Don't ever expect me. And I, I'm, I, ca I caught a lot of crap from my wife for that, by the way, because she loves the Cupid shuffle. I will never play that. I hate, I hate that song because as a DJ, my mom asked why, why I'll tell you why mom, when you DJ in clubs for eight and a half years and you got nothing but Female upon female upon female upon female coming up to the DJ booth. Can you play the Cupid Shuffle? Go Cupid. Yo, Cupid. That's all I hear in my head now. To the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. I don't want to hear it. I'd rather gouge my eardrums out before I hear that song. Hate that. I hate that song. I hate that song. <laughs> And no, I'm not doing the macaroni either, a.k.a. the macarena. I used to love that. Yeah, when I was five, I would I would be a dancing machine. Now, nope. I want to pretend that song never existed. So, well, without further ado, we're just going to have to get started before other people come. But, hey, I know you guys like disco. So here we go. A little Donna Summers. hey yo. Yeah.
I bet Destry is uh, dancing in his shop right now. Come on, Destry, I know you're dancing in the shop. Get after it. Like everybody else, they come from near and Sad girl, talking about the sad girl, yeah. The sad girl, talking about that. Oh, man. 
Destry, I know you were dancing in the shop there at work. I know you were dancing. You could say you took your headphones off. I guarantee you, you were you were freaking getting your groove on, man, with your you know with your new look now. Like all the women are coming after you now. Like I know you were shaking your booty, man. I know it. I know it. You don't have to admit it here, but I know it. <laughs> You're grabbing your your wrenches and just twirling it in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, you know what? I found that song. I was like, yeah, we're gonna play that one. We're, that's definitely a good song. So, anyways, um, I'm a little bummed that Rietta wasn't here. I, I like I got disco because she keeps bugging about it. Actually, some of you do. Like, I know Nancy, you said you're an old hippie here. You said you wanted that. I know a few of you wanted that here. So I was like, man, all right, we're gonna party it up. So, but anyways, but um, yeah, so really good information. So we're going to continue this reading as we go forward. This is what I'm going to stick with till we complete it. Like I said, it's very short, only 40 pages, but really good information. So when we get into part two, we're going to get into the uh, 100 years of uniform laws uh, and kind of look at the chronologically, uh, chronologically, chronology of kind of where it started, starting with 1890. Okay, so we're going to end this in prayer. And then we're going to sign off. And like I said, tomorrow's podcast free Friday. And then I'll be back on on Saturday. Okay. I'll be back on on Saturday. We'll have Wisconsin Annie and Brock at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And so I'll probably do a Bible show a little early. I might do one at 6 just to give my time to close out the show and do a quick sound check. Make sure that they uh, can call in just fine. So, all right. Heavenly Father. Thank you so very much for this platform and and for talented artists to you know give us good music to dance to. Not sure what your stance is on a lot of this music that's out here, including probably that song. But uh, you know, it's just it is nice to see how people have that kind of creativity. Um, but we need to have more songs that's built around you, God, that glorify you all day long. That's what we need. We need more songs about singing Him and glorifying you. We thank you for all that you give us. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for this community. We pray for all those that have silent prayers in their hearts that are just crying out to you for resolve and help. We just ask that you can answer all of their prayers um, in, in the special way that you do. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you all have a wonderful Thursday. Don't forget the National Assembly call is at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. You can find that information at www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. The information's over there. You can find the free conference call information. Check it out. Join us over there. You'll see us there. And remember, here at His Hard Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. Don't bow down to the enemy, okay? We have authority over the enemy per Luke 10, 19. Okay, we have that authority. Jesus gave it to us. He said it. So God bless, and we'll see you on Saturday. Time to wake Time to up. Wake up. <laughs> no longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show 
the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Thank <laughs> you.